Hello, and welcome to episode 89 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And for what seems like the 8,000th time, <laughs> somehow we've done 89 episodes, and we've done this episode like 8,000 times, yeah. we have some standard shake-up band news. Yeah, I think uh, 80 of our 89 episodes have been about bands. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting to be a little much. It is. And I think I said that four bands ago. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure we did. I'm so, pretty sure we had an episode titled More Bands, Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what like catchy band-related thing I can come up with uh, for this title, but we're going to come oh, up with something. I got it. Okay. I got it. Do what you, is it? Like, How much Monty Python have you watched? A reasonable amount. Not a ton, though. Okay. So you know the spam skit? Yes. Spam, 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 spam. It's yes. that, but bands. Ban, 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 ban. I don't know if I can uh, put the proper inflection in the title. <laughs> But I yeah, can see if we not. can just money, uh, just ban, 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 ban. We can come up with that. <laughs> okay, I can type ban four times or five times. I can do that. Okay, perfect. Okay, so if you have a better show title, you can tweet it at us <laughs> at Casual Tripod, or you can send it to us on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. Uh, we also have an email show at Casual Tryhard MTG dot com if you want to hit us up there. Don't forget if you want to order any not cards that we're going to talk about in a minute here but any uh zendikar rising stuff please use our tcg player affiliate link tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com anything you purchase after following that link we'll get a small percentage of to help keep the show rolling and if you want to support us a little bit more directly you can do so at patreon.com slash casual tryhard mtg patrons get early access to show notes um they get a specific release of our pre-show whatever you want to call it sound check ramblings catch up whatever we post that out for patreon also our patrons also have a patreon only discord room in our discord server where we talk about finance stuff um, so if you want access to that hop over to patreon jump in there throw us a couple bucks and you get access to all that cool stuff uh, we also have a youtube channel youtube is a uh, casual tryhard mtg mostly it's just another way to catch the show but occasionally we do post videos up there posted some extra stuff from the video we did with our friend juan up there sometimes we'll do gameplay videos i think juan's kind of wanting us to do a little bit more with him so we, we'll see how much time we can squeeze out for him and maybe produce more content there um, i mentioned our discord server there's an invite link to our Discord server pinned on Twitter. There's also a link on our Facebook. If you can't find it anywhere, hit us up, and I will send you a personal uh, Discord link. So Awesome. Yep. And you got um, some stuff for people? I do, yeah. So I went down to our LGS uh, over the weekend, and I ended up with a pretty decent stack of Arena pre-release codes for Zendikar Rising. So if anybody needs a pre-release code, they're good for six booster packs of Zendikar Rising on Arena. Hop into our Discord, shoot me an email, whatever you want to do. Um, I got a bunch of these to hand out. I also have way less, but I do have a few Core 21 promo pack codes, which are good for one pack of Core 21 on Arena. Um, I do not have many of these. So first come, first serve. 
you're only allowed five of them total per account. So if you have redeemed some already, please let some other people redeem these ones. Um, I don't want to have to tear up a code because I gave it to you only to have you tell me it's no good because you've already. But if you haven't, uh, hit me up. I think I have. I only have like five or six of them, but hit me up and I will send them out to you. Seems good. Yeah, free stuffs. The things I do for our listeners. Free stuffs is good stuffs. Yep. So, first up is the elephant in the room, which was we had a standard ban today. What? Yeah, like standard is like basically three days old if you were to count like the street release date of uh, actual paper cards. Well, we had the announcement of the announcement before it was legal. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Like this was on, was it Wednesday or Thursday? Like I think so, yeah. Hey, we are carefully monitoring the situation in standard, but we don't want to like upend the tournaments this weekend. Mm -hmm. So... We're going to address the format early next week. They didn't say ban. They said they were going to address the format. Address it. Uh, yes. So they announced an addressing. So let's give you some context into the format. So mm-hmm. there was the CFB Pro event, not this past weekend, but the weekend before, okay. which was mono four-color Omnath. That's what won it. Like, I think that was the majority of the top eight. Mm -hmm. And then um, there was then this past weekend, there was the Star City Games seasonal championship. So like Saturday was effectively like, I think like a last chance qualifier. Okay. uh, Where I know that um, uh, Yo Man 5, he needed to finish like in the top 32 to qualify for the Sunday event. And uh, I know he didn't, but uh, a lot of people played that and then qualified in. The top eight for that event, I do believe, was seven four-color Omnaths and one, like, Saltai Control. It might have been six, a Saltai Control and a Gruul Adventures or a Gruul Aggro. And then Sunday was six Omnaths, a Saltai and a gruel aggro for sure. Mm-hmm. And the top 20 of the of both tournaments was I think 17 omnaths or 16 Ooh. omnaths. It was like 80% omnath. So That's a lot of colored mana pips. That is, they don't matter. <laughs> um so we mentioned the deck before uh last time, but I mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time, like six or seven hours, just watching Omnath mirrors and oh people literally timing out on Arena playing Omnath mirrors. Wow. Simon Gertson lost his like his quarterfinal ma- quarterfinals match to timing time out, out and then watching them just clown everything else. But I can tell mm-hmm. you better how the deck works. Okay. So you are trying to stick an early Lotus Cobra. Right, mm-hmm. so you can get a bunch of mana, but it is just you just outvalue your opponent, and oftentimes Uro is a zero mana gain four deal four 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 that drew you a card, mm-hmm. and so they'll have turns. I remember a turn guy was a little behind and went like turn five, Uro play a fetch land, 
or Fabled Passage, crack the Fabled Passage, get a mountain, uh, play Terror of the Peaks. That was his turn five. Okay. That's not okay. No. Uh, that's also can be your your turn five with an Elder Gargaroth. <laughs> that is also a card that that deck plays. So it has these, every card says draw a card on it. Yep. They play a bunch of draw fives in the form of Escape to the Wild and Genesis Ultimatum. Mm-hmm. And they generate enough mana through Uro, through Omnath, Ramp, and Lotus Cobra to be able to cast mm-hmm. all the cards off Escape to the Wilds. Yeah. So it's like it's a like true... once you can take them? Yeah. Like I've wow. they they've passed turns and mm-hmm. then just the next turn they've played like fifteen mana worth of spells. They just play everything out of their Wow. Uh, I've seen them chain Genesis ultimatums, like ultimatum and ultimatum in one Ooh. turn. Like this was deeper in the game. Yeah. But still. That's a lot of mana. That's a lot of specific colors of mana. Yeah. Yeah, they and, don't matter though. Yeah, they don't matter. You can't go under it, like we right. said before, because of Uro and Omnath. Right, you and, just gain all the life. Yeah, and you can't go over it. Some of them are playing Ugin as like their top end, mm-hmm. where like it just fixes everything that's a problem on the board. Uh, but they just go, you can't possibly go over the top of it. And yeah. you can't like kind of grind them out because all of their cards say draw a card. Yeah. Right? Like, I think everyone looked at Omnath and said, okay, I'm going to get the gain for life a reasonable amount of the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess a four mana draw card gain for that I had to do a little bit of work for. That's not great, but right. it's not egregious. Mm-hmm. But the card is almost always zero mana. Yeah. Gain four draw card. So when it's that, like all the time, like that card is a horror show. Yeah. So that's where standard is. The card that is clearly 100% the problem is Omnath. And it's still there. And they didn't ban it. Right. They were like, yo, we'll get your boy Uro. Which, cool. Uro is a messed up magic card, but also not the problem here. Well, I saw a thing. I don't know how true it was because I really didn't have a whole lot of time to look at results this weekend, but I saw a thing that said like some of the best performing Omnath decks were either running zero or like one or two Uros. Like yeah, they weren't like, even running play sets. So the original like week, I guess week zero Omnath lists were just like, I want lands, I play Uro. Right. And this week, the better lists had shifted to more counter spells and interaction to like force mm-hmm. their spells through to okay. to fight against the Saltai decks. And the Uro, um, the, I think the Uros were the casualty mm-hmm. of what things do I have to cut. So a lot of them were at like two Uros. Yeah. And I think that Banning Uro might actually make the Omnath, Omnath decks better. Kind of like what we saw with Hogak, where the decks were forced to be built correctly. Well, there's that. And the deck that most people thought was the foil to Omnath was Saltai Control. Which, which now lost Uro. <laughs> which loses Uro. Like, 
The deck is yeah. just full of garbage cards. Yeah. So I was telling you in the pre-show that Patrick Sullivan was on coverage, mm-hmm. and every time Saltai cast a spell, he just cackled. Because he was just like, they're playing this card? It's so bad. What are you doing? Why would you play that card? How could you think that was good? So Seems like a very peace-silly thing to do. Yeah, it was just every card was just like laughably bad. Yeah. Like, ooh, I'm going to play a Xerath Sand for five mana. <laughs> like, no. No. I'm going to play a 4-4 four four for zero mana. And yeah. it's also going to deal four damage to you. Part of the problem and this is something that we've talked about previously is there's not a single card in that deck you can allow to resolve Mm -hmm. if you're playing a control deck any card that resolves pretty much buries buries you you. so you're like oh i won't counter the uro or i don't have a i won't counter the omnath or i don't have a counter spell I'll just kill it with a heartless act. They drew yep. a card off of it. You done. Right, it's too late. Yeah. Oh. I don't I have this removal spell and they put escape to the wild on onto the st- uh stack. They yeah. just got a 5 for 1. Right. Or Genesis ultimatum. Yeah, or Genesis ultimatum. They just 5 for 1 to me. Mhm. Oh, I guess I lose now. There's mm-hmm. like no card that is okay to resolve. Yeah. Like, not one. And some of them are playing, like, Felidar Retreat. Mm-hmm. Like, you're just like, oh, I guess I'll make 10 tokens this turn. Go. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, oh, I guess I die? Like, there's just so many things that if it resolves, you're just done. Mm-hmm. And when so, you're ramping them out, they come down so early. They come down so early. This is what we talked about before, where Agent of Treachery is, like, a fine magic card. On turn seven. On turn seven. And it's a horror show on turn four. Like, it just warps the game around turn four, turn five, stone rain you. Yeah. And, like, Genesis Ultimatum on turn seven is probably okay. Well, Mm -hmm. not even turn seven. Maybe turn nine by the time you hit your seventh land. And it's not okay, like, when it's the second or third spell you've cast on your turn five. Yikes. Like, it's not not good. It's not good. So, like, where the deck gets silly is where you have, like, where you can go, like, you know, like, Lotus Cobra and have an Omnath, and then, like, turn five, go, like, fetch land, crack it, get six mana Mm -hmm. between your your Lotus Cobra and your Uro, and then, like, play Omnath, I'm sorry, and then play, like, a Genesis Ultimatum. Yeah. And then put three more lands into play. Whew. And then your Genesis Ultimatum really only cost you four mana. Right. Plus you hadn't tapped your lands, most of your lands from before. Mm-hmm. And it just like snowballs out of control. Yeah. Like there are just turns that take forever because you're just, you generate like 30 mana in a turn. Mm-hmm. So Uro being gone, maybe, maybe opens up the ability for some aggressive decks to sneak under. Like hyper-aggressive, though, like right? Not just like really aggressive. Part of the yeah. problem, though, is like, so you go really aggressive, and a lot of these decks are playing Dryad of the Elysian Grove. You're like... Which is just blocks. Yeah, 2-4, go. Yeah. Or like they play a Rada. It's like 3-3. Three, three. 
So I can yeah. kill it, but then I don't have removal for the Omnath that's going to, like, wreck me. Right. So you, like, you might be able to get, like, under and, like, eke just a little bit of, like, equity out of being, like, hyper-aggressive. Mm-hmm. But, you know, still with an Omnath over two turns, you're going to draw, you're going to gain eight life yeah. over two turns with an Omnath. And I've played red aggressive decks. You don't be, you don't beat gain eight. No, gain eight is a three for one. Yeah. This also attached to a four, four body. Right. Like you that ramped you. Yeah. That was, might've been free. Yeah. yeah. So I, I still don't think that they can actually get, get under them. Mm-hmm. I think that we're just going to, I think people are just going to take out their Uros, set them aside, and they're going to put in Beanstalk Giants or Cultivates. Yeah, the, the adventure version. Yeah. They're just going to be like, all right, cool. Like, yeah. I think that what Scale the Heights, that garbage common, mm-hmm. Scale the Heights does enough Uro that they could just play that card. Ooh, that's scary. Card's bad. Yeah. I think uh, Cameron and our group thread was just like they could just put five uncastable black cards in their deck <laughs> yeah and it would probably still be the best deck in the format and it's like yeah. true but sadly they're not uncastable right like lotus cobra dryad of the elysian grove let's go right. i know that wizards doesn't want to ban new set mythics wow but they should stop printing busted new set mythics then this is very true they should stop doing that but we're going to be in the same situation that we had with Oko. Right. Where everyone's like, Oko's going to take over. Oh, no, that's fine. And then Oko took over. Well, I mean, arguably it'll be worse this time because everybody's so burnt out on garbage standards now. Like, at least when Throne came around, like, people were still willing to give standard a shot. Yeah, I think Wizards is starting to burn the standard goodwill. Yeah. And I, so I was, I spent today like listening to podcasts, trying to get people sense pre ban and like post ban of what they thought. And someone brought up a good point on the, um, MTG goldfish podcast. I think it's mm-hmm. Richard that wizards is really good at designing a game. You play twice a week, but well, it's an interesting point, but is less good at playing a game at designing a game that, you want streamers to play 40 hours a week. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, arguably they want everybody to play 40 hours a week. Like the way the arena economy is designed, they want you to play, you know, five hours a night, three hours a night. Yeah. So they want everyone to play all the time, Mm -hmm. but they're not good at designing that game. Right. And the the thing that was brought up was like in other, other digital games, Mm -hmm. right you can design something and like not be sure that it's balanced. Right. And then you can go in and fix it later. Yeah. Or they use like the example of like when they make a new champion or a new character in a game, they might purposely push it. Right. So now you have to go buy that character to Mm -hmm. be like a top tier of your metagame or whatever. And then then eventually, and then eventually they go in over time when they nerf it. And they bring it back into balance. Well, we can't do that because we have the paper aspect of the game. Right. Once a card's printed, it's printed. Right. If this was Hearthstone or like Eternal, you could see like after a month, them just like, I don't know, 
adding two to Uro, like mm-hmm. making him cost two, and then the the four colors of mana. Yeah. Or like Omnath, you mean? Yeah. Gosh, yes, Omnath. Making Omnath <laughs> cost two in the four colors of mana. Yeah. Or having Uro cost like two green blue, and the escape cost be like, you know, one green green blue blue. Mm-hmm. Right, just tweaking the numbers a little bit to make it less good but we are just committed to having the paper game and since we're playing way more games now things get solved faster and then you can't go in and fix it because card well, exists now i mean it's not just that it's getting solved faster it's like not having a chance to be solved like they had announced a ban days before the set was legal well i think it's that- not even like the format's being solved quicker it's like it's immediately solved i almost want to say that the format was solved at the streamer showcase i was actually just gonna say that (laughs) like the day before everyone was like i tried to play my fun deck and i just got like omnath on yeah it was just omnath 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 and so i think that there is an issue where you know now with arena it used to be that they would spoil a card. Mm-hmm. People would be like, oh my god, how did you not see Felidar Guardian Sahili? And then we would like have to play some like four color mana base isn't great yeah. deck to make this combo work. Yeah. Or like uh, Rally the Ancestors, which was just a pile of bad cards right. that had no no business being together. It also took an entire standard season to figure that deck out. Yes. And now I think that deck would be figured out in like three weeks. Tops. Probably. Yeah. If that long. Right. Like, so you just have way, way, way more games being played. So like play design can't keep up. And if somewhere in the building, if someone's saying like, we need to move packs, you know what we need? We need a zero mana 4-4 that domes the opponent for four, gains you four life, and draws a card Mm -hmm. to move packs. And then someone goes, all right, boss. (laughs) And you get on that. Make it so. Yeah. It's like, make it so. And it's like, it will be so. And also on the MTG Goldfish thing, I thought it was pretty funny. They were like, how much you want to bet that Omnath was a commander card that they didn't even play test? It would not surprise me in the least. That they just threw it in the set because they're like, we need a four-color commander? Or somebody said, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I'm not, you could see his evolution and he's not just teamer anymore? Because, I mean, he was green, then he was yeah. red-green, yeah. then he was teamer, now yeah. he's whatever. Not black. Not black. And then he'll be like angry black five-color Omnath. Right. Oh, man. It would be like full cycle is like the Eldrazi come back and you get colorless Omnath. Colorless Omnath? Yeah. Like he's a Ulamog incarnate. Yeah, or like he's just wingding, 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 wingding. <laughs> can only be cast in mono colorless decks. Only in Tron. Right. Only in Tron. Yeah, seven drops, seven wingdings. <laughs> seven wingdings. Yeah. Tron. There you go. Get Tron, <laughs> cast Omnath. I don't know, you search for it says on it, search for all three Tron pieces. It just search for three lands, put them into the battlefield untapped. 
yeah, so you can just chain it together. But, yeah, like, maybe they, like, maybe they were like, we need a four-color commander. Yeah. Because, like, the Nephilims are the, like, was there a Nephilim that was that color? There was, right? Yeah, there, there. I think there was a Nephilim for all of them. Yeah. And then we also had commander decks a couple of years ago that were four color commanders. Okay. So it's not it like there like was just like. And Brea and... Okay. So it wasn't just like there wasn't a four color right. commander or f- commander four. Right. For his uh, uh, color quad or whatever. His color quad. Sure. Whatever you want to call it. But yeah, I don't know why they would like. We've been saying that. Old engines required you to like build the engine, rev it up, and hope it didn't fall apart. Mm-hmm. And then we had yeah. new engines, which are the engine comes in a box, it's already been dynoed, and it's ready to run as soon as you get it. Oh yeah, they already primed the oil system. They, you know, broke it in already. All you got to do is drop it, it in the box. Good. Yeah, and you're yeah. good, right? Yeah. So like fires was like engine piece, vroom vroom, get paid back. Yeah. Wilderness Rack, vroom, vroom, here you go. And then mm-hmm. Uro's like, oh gosh, Omnath. Omnath is like... Omnath. Omnath. Om, nom, 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 nom. was like, <laughs> hey, I'm going to draw you a card because Fires didn't pay you enough. Right. I'm going to give you a card. And then if you can play a Fabled Passage, I'm going to give you your mana back just like Fires. Mm-hmm. So you can play something else. And it's like, oh, great. Like, it's just like we didn't learn anything from Wilderness Reclamation and Fires. And now I understand that, like, development is, like, a year ahead. So maybe Omnath was, like, done and dusted. Like, mm-hmm. as Fires of Invention went out the door. Yeah. But, like, this kind of worries me, like, is there going to be a busted four mana engine in Keldheim? Not Robert, Keldheim. I w- Is it Keldheim's next? Yeah. Keldheim's next. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this is like the world we live in now. Yeah. Like there is an argument or there has been some talk that maybe if magic is as popular as it seems to be, mm-hmm. right? Does it matter? They mentioned this on Arena Deck List. Does it matter that players like you and I aren't super engaged in standard? Probably not. Right? Because if everyone else, if there's like 10 million people playing Arena, let's say, or whatever, right? And most of them are new to the game and are like, this is awesome. Right. Right? And then like the old people... And people like poor Reed Duke, who was just like, <laughs> I want to block again. Can I please block? Please? Can can Uncle Reed block a creature? Can I make a double block and have it matter? And the answer has been no. No, you can't. Yeah. But like people like that like, might not matter anymore. It's kind of the whole thing. I mean, we've talked about it before, how... Like there's less of an emphasis on competitive play and it seems like they're purposely making like competitive structures that are, you know, like excessively complex and the payoffs aren't there anymore. And it's everything they're doing seems like it's taking 
the emphasis away from competitive play. All of that makes kind of makes our opinion not matter. And then, like you said, you know, if everybody's new and just wants to, you know, play commander or brawl or get their wins or whatever, then like it really doesn't matter if, you know, I want to play the magic that I was playing four years ago. The thing I worry about, though, is, okay, if Crokey's is like, uh, I don't want to play standard, this sucks. Yeah. Right. Then that starts to permeate down to Crokey's fans. Mm-hmm. And maybe they don't want to play standard because their lord and savior Crokey says it's, it's no good. Yeah. Right. Like, there comes a point where, like, I can't imagine being a new player. And, like, being in, like, working your way up to gold mm. and then have your opponent play, like, 25 mana worth of stuff on turn three or on, on turn five or whatever. And being like, that was fire. That was fun, <laughs> engaging, replayable, and exciting. Yeah. Right? Like, I can't imagine being, like, thinking that was a good time. Right? Where you don't have any agency. But mm-hmm. maybe other people, like, are just like, oh... I'll just fire up the next game. It's not a big deal. Right. We're like, we're like, how did that just happen? (laughs) I mean, is that a function of playing on the ladder though? It might be. I mean, maybe if you're playing other ways, you don't get that, but I mean, like if you're, if you're not playing on the ladder, your losses don't matter as much. You know what I mean? They don't. But I mean, just like, like even not so much like, Oh, I'm upset that I like deranked a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. it's not a fun game, right? Right. Like, anyone who's listening to the podcast and plays Yu-Gi-Oh, you deserve this, right? <laughs> we look at Yu-Gi-Oh and we're like, oh my god, that game's so dumb. Like, you just dump your entire hand on turn one, and <laughs> like, why? Look where we are now. <laughs> and it's like, it's like Magic's like, wait till turn five, then play your entire deck. Yeah. Like skill. And it's like no. I just net decked a list that like eighteen thousand different people came to, plus or minus yeah. a card. And I just did I didn't that. have to do anything. I just did what the cards told me to do. Yeah, I did what the cards told me to do. Alexander Hain sent out a tweet that was like, you know, it can't really fault R and D. Like it would have been really hard to figure out that the ramp deck needed to be four colors. I don't know what's like led all these players to make the ramp decks four colors. <laughs> Member of the MPL, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. uh, Alexander Hain. Round yeah. of applause. Round of applause, uh, <laughs> Mr. Hain. But yeah, I, it might not matter. Like if mm-hmm. it's super popular, but like maybe you're coming to magic from Hearthstone yeah. or you're coming to magic from, Eternal or Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, and they do big flashy things. So Eternal is very magic esque, mm-hmm. but you do, but you're do used to doing big flashy things. And so, like, if we don't have those big flashy things to like capture the imagination, yeah, then we lose those players. Well, big flashy things stream better, also. They do, I guess. Like. Like, I thought that was the job of the animations, was to make stuff interesting and to make it so I can't see where the questing beast is as it attacks me. Um, <laughs> I don't care how good your animations are. It's not fun to sit and stare at a Teferi for 
10 turns you know what i mean yeah well i'm not saying like it's a fairy but like i don't know like there's tension in magic and there's tension in like like limited of oh man i'm gonna double block Mm -hmm. do they have the removal spell do they have the pump spell right there's tension and excitement bred from that well right but that that might go back to the streaming thing though like I guess it depends on how the content's getting consumed. If it's, you know, you or I watching an event, you know, we watch like the opens or the GPs, like a lot of people would watch Monday night football. You know what I mean? You're engaged and concentrating on what's happening. But if that's not how like the majority of people are consuming the content and they just kind of have it on while they're playing arena or while they're doing their homework or whatever, you're not going to get the same tension out of a game. Whereas, you know, if I'm doing something else and just have, you know, a stream up and I see something super splashy happen, like that's what I want out of the stream. That you turn your, you turn your head and you look at that. And I think, I think that's probably also easier to make interesting from a stream point of view. Yeah. Right. Like, Oh, boom, boom, boom. Like I put 15 permanents into play. Right. As opposed to like, all right, we're going to make this attack, yeah. a double block, we're going to terror their 3-2, and mm-hmm. then we're going to get a 2-for-1, right. and that's going to set us up for the following turn, because we can follow up with this. Yeah. Right, like That is a harder thing to kind of get people to buy into. And that well, might be I mean, it. It's also like kind of the same problem. Like th- That's why limited like coverage for limited events has always been lackluster. Because nobody cares about, like, the draft is interesting, but nobody cares about people playing with bad limited cards. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, there's but, only two, so many combats with grizzly bears I can watch. Yeah, but at the same time, though, if it was a combat of, like, an Elder Gargaroth attacking into a Lovestruck Beast and a, I guess it's not legal now, but Gruel Spellbreaker, mm-hmm. right? Like, Okay, they make the attack so they can draw the card, but okay, do they draw into the do they draw into the removal spell? Do they draw into a pump spell mm-hmm. to to like make this get through? Like, why did they make this attack? Combat. Yeah, right. Like that is lost in like some of the turns in this Omnath deck were just like I have like three creatures on board. Now I have an Elder Gargaroth, an Escaped Uro. An eleven eleven, uh, uh, whatever he is, uh, beanstalk giant, and I'll pay a Ken, play a Kenrith and pay a red and give them all haste and trample and attack you. Ooh. And it's just like, what? Where the hell did that come from? Yeah. Or like they play a Terror of the Peaks and then they proceed to put twenty power worth of stuff onto the battlefield and kill you. Yeah. And it's like, like, was that? At some level, is it interesting? Like, it's a big flashy thing, but you're just like, oh, like, okay. Like, there wasn't a whole lot that was, like, interesting there. But, like, I guess there's something interesting and cool. Right. Right. Hey, this looks cool. Right. And then, hey, that was interesting. Mm -hmm. And so I think that, like, we've veered to the cool. Like, Mm -hmm. the, let's say the Fast and Furious franchise of, uh, (laughs) of Magic. Where you're like, I'm not here to engage my brain. I'm just here to watch some cool stuff happen. 
Yep. Right? Explosion. Explosion. Boom. And then you have like Academy Award nominated movie or like movie that was yeah. made to try to get an award. It's like, that's a very interesting movie. I felt feels yeah. and I thought. Yeah. And like, I don't know. Maybe people are just like explosions, parachuting <laughs> cars. The rock moves a torpedo with his bare <laughs> hands. Right. Maybe that's what, maybe that's just what we need now. So what has, so what got banned was Uro. Yeah, long story short. <laughs> Did we fix anything? No. No. The consensus from what I've heard from different pros and just different people over the last few days, the thought process was is that you would to like quote unquote fix standard. Yeah. Was Omnath had to go. Then some people said Lotus Cobra, which mm-hmm. I feel like Lotus Cobra is dying for the sins of like overpowered like five to eight mana cards. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think Lotus Cobra is okay like in this card pool. Like, I I don't know how Lotus Cobra, somebody looked at it and was like, oh, yeah, that's probably fine. Uh, let me see if I can perhaps run that back for you. Lotus Cobra was, like, cool in 2010, right? Yeah, man, it was freaking sweet. <laughs> Let's run it back. It's a Zendikar thing. It's a Zendikar thing. They like nostalgia. Run it back. And then it was yeah. like, oh. Oh, yeah. We just printed a bunch of like, we printed a bunch of color, 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 color cards that had ridiculous effects. Some of them in green. And we just gave (laughs) them away to get to the mana. No problem. Yeah. And then the oddball one that people said that might need to be banned. If you were going to like try to fix standard Mm -hmm. was lucky clover. Just like adventures being a default good deck. The thought was, and like I think LSV mentioned this, and some other people was that um, Teamer Adventures yeah. would probably be default the best deck. Yeah. And then none of the cards that you print go yeah. into that deck. Yeah. Like you just have a That's year, true. you have energy, right? Yeah. Where they, like, energy was just like all the energy cards. And what is the best five mana card you printed in Teamer? And I guess I'll play that because I'm short four energy cards. Right. And this is, I'm not short any adventure cards. So maybe I'll put an Ugin in my sideboard to go get with my Fae of Wishes. And so since it's like a parasitic mechanic that you're not going to ever like put cards into and change, if that's your best deck by far, then like that deck never changes. So how much Egger are you going to have on your face when we get uh, adventure mechanics in the next core set, the D&D set? Now. You know, we've, we've got party and adventure exists already, and we're going to D&D world. Now. Mr. <laughs> Morrow, someone mentioned, asked him, why didn't you put adventure in Zendikar? Yeah. And he was like, we don't put mechanics that are already in print into, like, into sets. Okay. So that was... That was his stance there. Now, yeah. could we have a par- could we have party and adventure in the D and D world, and him be like, "It's a special thing, man." <laughs> I'm so excited about this. We've never done this before. <laughs> wow! I was like, "Dude, decaf dog." Um, right. So yeah, like that could definitely be a thing. But he made it sound like this was not something they would do. Mm-hmm. But like, 
So people were like, to fix standard, these cards need to go. Yeah. And like, I think Lucky Clover is the odd one out. Yeah. Like, just as an oddball. But like, we can't keep having ramp when like, this is weird to say, but like, <laughs> one, our, your ramp should not replace itself or give you life. Correct. Like, that just stop. Yeah. No, it, it needs to be an A plus B deck. Yeah. Like, you can't have, like, your A and your B be the same card. Right. And then, if you're going to print these, like, splashy seven and eight mana cards Mm -hmm. that have, like, a ridiculous, ridiculous effect, you have to make us work for them. Yeah. Right? Could could you imagine, I think Ulamog, the Ceaseless Hunger, Mm -hmm. would be great in the last two formats. Right, that card was was good in its format, but like mm-hmm. you had to play a dedicated deck where you did nothing the first four or five turns. Well, right, right you, but I mean now you just play it alongside Nissa. That's my point. Is like now, like Ulamog would be amazing because you would just cast it every game on turn five. Right, so like who's on the play? This guy. Cool. That person gets double stone rained on turn five. <laughs> Congratulations, you won double stone rain. Yeah. It's like, oh, cool. Next game? Because you have an Omnath, a Lotus Cobra, and an Indestructible Tenten. Hmm. Right? Like, like that card was good, but required you to play a very, very specific deck. Right. Right? And we had one version of Explosive Vegetables. <laughs> One yeah, and it, it was actual explosive vegetables. Yes, we have two versions that are strictly better vegetables. We have like ex- just two. I thought we had three. Migratory path. Yeah. Vestwood, whatever. And then yeah. what's the third one? Well, we have cultivate. Oh, cultivate. I know isn't exactly the same, but it's a mana less and does most of the same work. Well, fair. And you have like. Fertile Footsteps bone, uh, Beanstalk Giant, which is yeah. A and B on one card, right? It's like your ramp and your, like, you know, C minus ramp payoff. Yeah. But it's still, you drew your ramp and your C minus ramp payoff. Right. But like, you cast your ramp and it drew you a ramp payoff. Yeah. So we just have all of these, like, we have all these ways to just get to these absurd cards. Like, you can't print these absurd cards and have them be within reach. Yeah. Right? Like you have to print your absurd like these absurd splashy effects and be like if you would have looked at the ultimatum cycle as a as R and D and said Commander, you better damn well be sure they only get played in Commander. Mm-hmm. Also, if Nicobolus Dragon Guard was designed in twenty for release in Keldheim what would its mana cost be? I'm like 100% sure it's not blue, black, 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 red. No, it's really just Grixis, right? Yeah, it's just like Grixis. Yeah. Right? Like, Omnath, Omnath, if you try to balance it with its mana cost, mm-hmm. might be like white, blue, red, red, green, green. Or something. Right? Like, really yeah. hard to cast. It'd be like triple white teamer yeah like really make make, make your 
like splash have to be really difficult. Yeah, or make it like white white, like white white green green red blue, like something where you have to yeah. really work. Like it's two mana more, and you really have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Not just like, oopsie, I played a dry to the Elysium Groves. I guess I have this card on turn four. <laughs> yeah, I guess we're doing this now. And that's another thing that like when we were talking about Omnath uh, in our chat that like I came to the realization of they seeded all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they knew Omnath was coming. They knew right. landfall was coming and they're like, you know what we need to do? We need to put Dryad of the Elysium groves yep. uh, in standard so they can play two lands a turn. We need yep. to put Azusa, which isn't good enough to get played. <laughs> And then we need to put Rada to play lands off the top of their deck. Yeah. All of these things need to be in standard so that these landfall cards are just good enough. Mm-hmm. And it's like... Yeah, and we were also supposed to have uh, Once Upon a Time. And Oko. Okay. We, we've asked multiple times, what did the future future league look like? But again, <laughs> I ask myself... Like, now we have to remember one very important thing. They didn't realize that they made Oko so you could elk your opponent's stuff. Supposedly. Supposedly. They were just like, oh, we never thought to do that. Right? Okay, cool. So, did that just mean they just got, like, obliterated by Omnaths? Yeah. They just, like, their opponent, like, played an Omnath and they were just like, take up, make a food. And then, like, they just got, like, 30 mana dumped on their head. Like, I wish I could have got, taken care of that Omnath. That was, that was really, that was, <laughs> that Man, was I horrific. I really wish that Omnath was an elk. Yeah, that was horrific. <laughs> I don't know how I could fix that. Right? Or, like we said, did they just go, like, meh. Commander card. I. Yeah. So, we have a team of, like, 10 people. They can't possibly test for everything that we play. Mm-hmm. But it. You can't just have like set after set where you just have Everything's to. Everything's a train cards. wreck. Because yeah. I mean, honestly, at some point, even like your like splashy arena nerd, mm-hmm. it's like I want big thing, animation, all the cards, <laughs> right? They're gonna just be like, oh, oh, like they took my thing away. That's yeah. sad. I don't want to play again. Because I really like that deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a line. Like, you could, if on on that second trigger, if it made two mana. Right. Two mana of any color. Right? You, did, you didn't get, like, red and blue. You got two mana, pick a color. Mm-hmm. He's not free. Right. You did work to get a two mana discount. Mm-hmm. Which is still pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. But it's not free. Like, that kind of fixes it not fixes it but makes it like not as egregious like there were knobs you could turn that wasn't like make it free and then like also make it your kill condition yeah like oh you have a planeswalker for it Mm -hmm. like i so i think they have my thoughts we should probably move on because we're 50 minutes (laughs) in to us raging about or me raging about omnath like the games, the games I watched were not real games of magic. It was like the cat and mouse chicken of like, what if they have a counterspell? 
eh, let's jam this. Oh, they did. Yo. Yeah, <laughs> next turn. What if they have a counter spell? Jam it. Oh, they didn't. Oh, I win. Yeah. It's like, oh, I just drew five cards. That's another thing. If they wanted to, like, take this deck down a notch yeah. and ban not a new set, uh, rare or mythic, yeah. ban Escape to the Wilds. Right. A card that was bulk before will be bulk after nobody cares about. Yeah, just ban that. Like, take one of their five-for-ones out of their deck. Yeah. Or five-for-one that gives them two land drops. Yeah, God forbid they only they can only play four or five for ones. Yeah, like ban that card. Yeah. Like that would like handicap the deck without you like having to ban a face card. Mm-hmm. Right? Like maybe maybe Omnath is okay if you don't have Escape to the Wilds. I don't know. We we have issues. Speaking yeah. of issues. Speaking of issues, there's no way this next thing can end poorly. Not at all. My microphone is currently stacked on not one, but two Walking Dead compendiums of all of the Walking Dead, Volume 2 and 3. Volume 1's on the shelf. Mm -hmm. And I bring this up not because I am uh, bragging about my ability to use books as (laughs) as ships, as uh, not ships, as shims. Yeah, Yeah. very different thing. I can't shiv you with a book. Well, I've, I bet well, you there's some people in prison that would beg to differ. <laughs> that have sharpened a book? I'm sure. I'm sure. With enough time to sharpen a book. But I bring this up because The Walking Dead is coming to magic. Yeah, we have a new secret lair that was announced today. It's, uh, I forget what it's, Secret Lair X is Walking Dead or whatever. Um, like, that's fine. That could be cool, like, to have some, you know, Walking Dead themed magic cards. Except that's not what they did. They decided to print new magic cards that you can only get through the secret lair. That are walking dead characters. Right. So you can't, they can't throw Michonne ruthless survivor. Right. In like, I don't know any pack ever. (laughs) Yeah, they're not going to put it in, like, Corset 2023. Yeah. Yeah. What's this random Michonne doing here? I've seen you on the television. <laughs> um, so. Why do you have copyrighted artwork? <laughs> yes, this is weird. Why do you look like an actress? Why can't we put medal? Why can't we put uh, uh, the meddling mage's face on his card anymore? <laughs> but we can have Michonne on her card. Okay. So they did two cards that are just right off the TV show? Well, uh, there's going to be more than two cards, I think. They've only spoiled two of them so far. Um, Supposedly, there is at least one more coming. Rick Grimes! Uh, No. No? Not Rick Grimes? No, let me see. You're putting me on the spot. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Like, like, it's either him or, like, is it Daryl was the one that's played by the Scottish guy? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Daryl was the one that I saw. Okay. We got a Daryl. Yeah. The ladies like Daryl, from what I understand. <laughs> I mean, I understand. Like, whatever. All right. So, what does Michonne do? What, what does Michonne bring into the party other than a machete? Um, well, she brings two zombies to the party. She does. Uh, I'm sorry. They're not zombies. They're walkers. It literally says walker token. Yeah. 
So Michonne Ruthless Survivor is three black green for a three three legendary human war. When Michonne enters the battlefield, create two walker tokens. As long as Michonne is equipped, she must be blocked if able. Whenever Michonne and at least two zombies attack, she gains indestructible until end of turn. She's a 3-3. Three, three. So, very Michonne-y, very, mm-hmm. very Walking Daddy with the walker. Right. I mean, card seems fine. Card screams, mm-hmm. I am your commander. <laughs> in your zombie deck. Yep. Your weird zombie equipment deck. Zombie equipment. Right. But fine. Mm-hmm. And then we have Negan, the cold blooded. Yep. Um, for two in Mardu. Mm-hmm. For a 4 3. Human rogue. He, he could come in your party. Yeah. I don't like looking at Negan. He doesn't strike me as a rogue, but sure. No, no. Uh, I mean, human douchebag is not really a uh, <laughs> a. It's not a creature type. A creature type, yeah. <laughs> human d bag is not really what they want to go with. Um, when Negan enters the battlefield, you and target opponent each secretly choose a creature that player controls. Then those uh, choices are revealed, and that player sacrifices those creatures. Whenever an opponent sacrifices a creature, you create a treasure token. So, yeah, I don't know enough about Commander to know if this is good. It doesn't feel like it's good, uh, like neither one does. Yeah, I don't know. They might not be. Um, um, it's not just Commander, though. These are Legacy playable. Legacy legal, I should say. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I don't know. So it's like, I don't know, that stupid 3-1 for 2 is also Legacy legal, <laughs> uh, but not Legacy playable. So, there is a lot of consternation about the fact that these cards are new. Mm -hmm. And the only way to get them is through, like, secret layers. The professor at Tularean Community College, uh, like, had a full-on, like, meltdown about how this is creating a second reserve list where if these cards become popular in, in formats like Commander or... If they miss with one and it becomes legacy playable, the only way you can get it is directly from Wizards. Right. Um, I have a feeling, and I have no inside information, clearly, um, <laughs> that these might just be like reskinned versions of Commander. What's the draft set? Is it Commander Legends? Commander Legends. Cards in Commander hmm. Legends. Right, could you see where, like, now granted it's a different name, but you have, like, I don't know, Corvex or something, the cold-blooded. Yeah. And it's all the same text, but you just replace Negan with Corvex. Yeah. And, like, I don't know. Kind of like they did with the Godzilla cards? Yeah. Where these are, they don't have the actual, like, name of the card, but these just become, like, functional reskins of other cards. So they end up just hmm. counting as that one card yeah. where they just go in and they're like, you know how you can only play like, you know, one baby Godzilla or in your commander deck and you yeah. get and get to cheat and play like baby Godzilla and whatever the heck the name of the real thing was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does anyone know the name of that card? Did I ever play uh, that card without it having its regular name? Hollywog symbiote. Oh, look at you. 
you too, right? But you didn't <laughs> I played get to a have, lot of mutate. But you didn't get to have a um a polywog symbiote and, and a baby, baby Godzilla in your commander deck. You got one of them. Right. Right. So this could be the same thing where we're gonna see like the okay. exact same card. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That but, makes it that makes it better. But there is also the nightmare scenario where like Daryl is like the greatest death and taxes creature of all time. Um, I think Daryl was supposedly gruel, so probably not death and taxes. Okay. I understand what you're saying though. But yes. like it, it's it's the greatest gruel creature ever. Right. right. Slides right into your Ponza deck. Yeah, or like is, you know, legacy playable. Yeah. Right? Like, oh hey, like Teamer Delver has this like amazing beater now. Yeah. And it's not a reskin of a Commander's Legends card. It's just Daryl. Right. And like if you didn't buy four Daryls the day that like the one day or the week that it was available, you never get to play a Daryl. Right? Then you're just like, oh man, this is awful. You know what's a great way to sell a whole bunch of cards? Make one of them legacy playable? Make one of them legacy playable. Or threaten to make one of them legacy playable. Only sell them on one day and shake the entire community's uh, opinion of how well you design magic cards to the point where everybody's convinced that you'll miss on one. I mean, we were talking about some product and I was like, you know they're going to miss. Yeah. And I'm just going to wait for that one card that they missed with, and that's the card I'm going to buy. Yep. I mean, I have no doubt that, like, if this is, like, a red-green 4-4 with trample and haste, but some, like, weird drawback that seems bad. Yeah. But, like, secretly is, like, an upside somehow. Yeah. Like, you know, much like our stupid, like, uh, 2-2 Two two that when he deals damage you like pick up a land, right? Mm-hmm. And like and you can like figure out a way to break the symmetry or something, and like you're just like, oh man, this is great. Right? That like people yeah. would buy all of them. Yep. Like that would be all wizards printed because they just bought all of them. Yep. So like that is a huge concern, right? Like I'm looking at it at the most like optimistic way. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, in, like, two months we're going to have Negan, like, the real card that is Negan. And yeah. you're going to read it, and you're going to go, wait a minute, wasn't this Negan? And then you'll be like, oh, hey, Negan's this. Yeah. And then you're going to be like, oh, okay. Now, that is the optimistic to not, like, break the magic economy way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. But what if you looked at Negan and you were like, oh, man, this card is perfect for my commander deck, and this is the only way I can get it? Yeah. Right, and then you like plunk down the thirty dollars or whatever for the secret layer to get your Negan, mm-hmm. and then like I don't know, a month later they're like doing spoilers for Commander Legends, and it rare there is Corvax, right? The cold blooded, and you're like, I spent thirty dollars, and I would could have just got this for <laughs> like fifty cents. I think it's fifty dollars. Is it fifty dollars? I think that's what I saw. Yeah. Dear God. Yeah. So you plunk down $50 and then like you find out it's a rare. Right. And you're like, oh my God, what have I done? Or an uncommon. There's uncommon commanders. Yeah. It it has a lot of text to be an uncommon. That's true. But it I thought about it. Too. 
Yeah. So, yeah, it just seems like like none of the outcomes are good. Right. Like, outcome one is, like, the super secret second reserve list. Yeah. Outcome two is just fleecing your customer and then rubbing their nose in it. <laughs> yeah. Like, like you're like, you're like, you see what you did? You gave us too much money. <laughs> and, like, you, they just feel bad. Like, there's, yeah. there's no outcome here that, like, is good. Mm-hmm. And now, maybe, like, the art on these is very TV show. Very kind of iconic of like, like, like I've never watched any Walking Dead, but I know the Michonne pose that she struck. Like, I know the exact scene they're kind of referencing. Yeah. I know exactly, like, I know who Negan is and I like recognize the actor and like the costume. Like, maybe they're hoping that like somewhere in the corner of the internet, like somewhere on the Walking Dead Reddit's like, oh my God, have you seen this? What what do they do? It doesn't matter. It's it Negan, and yeah. they people just buy a bunch of cards for that reason. Mm-hmm. Right, so they don't have to be super playable. Yeah, because like people are gonna get them and display them in their home. I don't know. Hey, maybe they'll come in a giant box that's like comically large for the five cards it contains. Yeah, for you to uh, display. Display them in your fifty dollar fetch lands that you aren't going to play. Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so I paid a thousand dollars for four play sets of fetch lands, or five play sets of fetch lands. You did, but I'm just going to display all four <laughs> in my home. You know, right. as a keepsake. Well, I mean, there's a ban on sanctioned play, so you can't play anyway. This is true. You might as well display them. Yes, yes, my stack of double-faced mythic cards that uh, showed up today made me uh, have reminded me acutely that I, in fact, cannot play these cards. <laughs> so, another big fear with the Walking Dead cards is, like, where does it stop? Well, I mean, it doesn't for the foreseeable future. Like, is there another, like, crossover coming? Uh, yeah. Oh, what is it? I don't know. Harry Potter? In the spring? Oh yeah, Strixhaven. Yeah, yeah. Well, well. D in the fall. One like, second. How many? How many? How many more crossovers do you want? They, okay, they've well, announced two for next year. Okay. In their defense, Strixhaven just sounds like a whole lot like Harry Potter, but I hope to God that it's not like I don't know someone who like if you hold it at arm's length, you're like that's Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> right like we're not quite that far it's maybe not gonna... it won't be Daniel Radcliffe but I wouldn't be surprised if there was some young blue mage with a lightning in his head <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be like Alakazar the half blood prince and you'll be like wait a minute <laughs> hang on wait, wait a, a second minute. here I feel as though I recognize that text from somewhere well, it'll be a a black legendary wizard that's called he who shall not be named. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. It's like the flavor text is, why does he have no nose? It's like, ah, <laughs> got your nose. Ah, ah. <laughs> yeah. So I do worry about that. And then like the D and D thing. Yeah. I guess that's, that is a crossover. Yeah. Um, but like, what was the professor saying? was like, what are we going to end up with? Like minions next? <laughs> the kids like minions. 
Just, uh, I don't know. Uh, Galta is, is just an a... episode of Pimp Your Ride now. Yo, dog, we heard you like minions. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like it's just like a it's a Galta that's just been reskinned as a giant minion. Yeah. So we put minions in your card game so you can minion while you play cards. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Exhibit's defense, or in Wizard's defense, I should say. If Exhibit was running the show, at least every third pack would come with an aquarium. <laughs> like, you just get your pack and you open it, it'd just be full of water and, like, one dead fish. <laughs> just be like, oh, oh, there's an aquarium in this one, dog. Some algae. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh. oh it's just one like, aquarium rock. <laughs> it's just like a plastic thing that like has the consistency of a car but you open it and it just is a tiny aquarium <laughs> just be like every third pack it'd be like oh is this, do I get cards in this one or is it a fish it's like uh, like the ant farms yes two panes of glass with a fish squished between them exactly <laughs> like just a teeny tiny like little minnow that like yeah. is lives in this little self-contained environment sea monkeys there we go. <laughs> Watsy, if you need product ideas, you can get it at us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Because <laughs> I'm assuming Morrow is listening. Uh, probably. Probably. Um, I heard he's a, he's a fan of ours. I, I've heard. Yes, he probably <laughs> appreciate my uh, cracked up Morrow impression earlier. Um, but that man has never drank decaf a day in his life. Um, so we're going to do a little, we're going to take a, a dip our toe into the world of draft. Now a that we've bit. Michoned and and naganed and whatnot yeah. and minioned, um, see monkey. Yes. So as we mentioned before, draft is self-correcting. Decks mm-hmm. become good and become bad mm-hmm. uh, as people draft differently. I mentioned like last week that Roots of Drakes is obnoxiously good, mm-hmm. and it is still obnoxiously good, but no one passes them. Right. I think I have seen two in the last week, maybe three. And they were all like deep in pack two or pack three where it was like, can't get into this. Right. Right. Where like they were open late and like people just couldn't get into that deck. Yeah. That one person's going to get rewarded. Yeah. That one person who was like blue green kickers is going to get like handed a gift. Yeah. The person that was second picking vine geckos. (laughs) Yes. Like this is, this is the time. Um, this is the way. And this is the way. So I felt that over the last like three to four days, the format has like slid like more and more like aggro. Which is weird because the removal is so good in this set. I don't but, understand how it can be so aggro with so much good removal. I think the problem is, is that like the good removal is trading down in mana cost pretty substantially right so you like are you play a three one for two and you know then you play like the the three two that gives indestructible right like so you take three and then are you going to use your vanquish the week on the three two like you're basically like even on mana was it Deadly Alliance? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I've had decks where that card can only cost the full five. Yeah. 
because you're like red green counters and you don't have or not red sorry red black counters no try yeah. again green, green black, black counters there we go green black and counters. none of your cards have party types yeah they none of them have party types yeah so then you're like i guess i have to spend i can't kill this thing until i'm on five yeah and like the like the i've had the flash the one one flash creature that like give something minus two minus one just be used as a combat trick to just like make it so like my creature gets eaten and they're just left with a body. Yeah. And so like you can't remove like the only thing that even remotely close is real close to like trading for that evenly is like subtle strike. Cause you don't no, want to use really like, like subtle strike. Yeah, so do I, but you don't want to use like blood cheese thirst on it. So even with like subtle strike, yeah. You're you're hoping that you set up a situation where the plus one plus one counter gets you a card, or just yeah. like makes your guy good enough to get through. Mm-hmm. But like everything's kind of trading down, which like I found to be a problem. Where you're like, I had this vanquish the week, but like I can't just take my turn three off to kill their two drop because yeah. I'm going to take five next turn. Right. And so it's just like, uh, there's just not a good there's there's not good spots for things. Mm-hmm. So makes you, sense. you have like said that like you've seen the red black party deck becoming hot. Yeah, some of the pros were pretty high on it. Like the end of last week, um, I know limited resources talked a bit about it on their show last week, and Minguchi's been pretty high on it. I did fire up a couple drafts. I was able to draft it reasonably well twice, and it did seem very good. I also played against it quite a bit. And it was also very good against me. Yeah, I think, um, what is it, the Ardent Electromancer? Like, the turns were, like, your turn threes yeah. where your Ardent Electromancer costs, like, one or two. Right. Or, you, like, you get the double t- spell. Or... Yeah. It's a, it's a lot easier for that turn to happen on turn four, where you, like, Electromancer, leave a black man up, kill a thing, squish in for some damage. Um, that turn's pretty important. Uh, you had mentioned in the pre-show, like trying to go hard on the like the equipment, the gold equipment. Yeah, and I I don't necessarily know if that's like exactly what the deck wants to do. I think that this red black party deck isn't really like an aggro deck as much as it is like Jund. Yeah, you just play all the best just, removal. Yeah, you play all the good removal and you apply constant pressure, and eventually. Like your opponent's gonna crack, and then you take advantage of that. So I don't, I don't really think that, like having to be aggro and you know getting, you know plus three, plus zero, oh, and menace on your like taking a turn off to do that is necessarily where the deck wants to be, because the deck gets like you said, it gets to play all of the good removal. Being in party, you get access to some pretty decent payoffs for applying pressure. The um, the bug catcher is pretty good at applying yeah. constant pressure. The uh, three-drop warrior that gets plus two, plus oh, if you have another warrior, is pretty good at applying pressure. And then the uncommon wizard that like gets to eat, uh, gets to eat something. Yeah. yeah, that one's really good too. And then you also get to play, is it, uh, I forget what the card's called now, the six-drop that costs less for your party, and you get to bring two creatures back from the graveyard? Uh, Thor's a grave. Yeah, you get to play that. Yeah, and the other one that's just uh like uh, black mana kicker three blood beckon. Yeah, bring one blood back beckoning. or bring two back to 
it's yeah. kicked. Um, and you just get to like grind out your opponent that way. You you know you play a couple of the siege the two drop siege rhino guys, trade them off early, bring them back late, drain your opponent out. It, it plays a pretty good grindy game, like a mid range grindy game where you're just applying pressure until, like I said, you find a crack and go for it. Yeah. So with the equipment, I wasn't so much trying to go hard on it yeah. as like I would take black card, red card. And like the red mm-hmm. card would be in the same pack as the equipment. And yeah. I would think, oh, that'll wheel. Right? Yeah. It's gold. I've just taken black card into red card. So like I'm starting to cut, you know, one, if not both of those colors. Right. Right. And then they never come back. Like mm-hmm. someone is taking that card, like between like picks like four and seven, it would seem. Or four yeah. and six. Like, it never comes back around. So there are some people, I think, that are going hard on that card. And I don't... I, I agree with you. I don't know if it's right. Yeah. Right? Like, you might want your first one, maybe. Mm-hmm. But you definitely don't want more than that. So I don't think you need to be taking it that high. So, yeah. And like I said, I've run into a lot of, like, blue kind of tempo-y decks where they're using... um. Like I said, the Zulapart Port Duelist, is it? The one yeah, made a flash so. guy yep. to like force creatures through mm-hmm. and um, like, you know, or like eat your creatures and then be left with like a body. And like they do that two or three times and they just like they've double spelled like on turn like three, four and five. Right. And you've like just thrown creatures away because you're like, I'm going to block. And they're like, OK, well, now your thing dies. Yeah. And that can only happen, like, twice mm-hmm. before, like, a game ends. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a lot of games that are, like, two-drop, three-drop removal spell. And then you're yeah. just, like, you're so far behind. Because, yeah. like, because then their fourth turn is play two two-drops, and you're, like, four-drop. And they're, like, removal spell again, and the game ends. Like, the game right. just ends on turn five because they had two removal spells. Yeah. Like, they've drawn, like, exactly three or four lands, played out their whole hand. And you're right. just like, oh, I went, like, two, got it eaten with your stupid cutthroat. Mm-hmm. Three, got it, like, uh, Nahiri's Binding. Four, Nahiri's Binding, and I die. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, oh. it also makes it awkward, like, if you're if you're trying to play the, um, like, the kicker deck and you're waiting for your big turn to be turn six where you kick a geyser mage and... You don't make it to turn six. <laughs> yeah, or or like the fact that you kick it doesn't matter. Right. You're like kick it, and you're like they're like okay, t- cool. You like kicked. You like made me bounce a two drop, attack you for six. And you're yeah. like, Oh, I have to trade this off, and like I'm super far behind. Yeah. Like they're like double spell again. And you're like oh jeez. <laughs> so yeah, like like it has made like the the cards that let you like pick up a land like the. The Hellion and the the green guy, the Kazandu Stomper, yeah. right? Those are a little bit worse because like it's way harder to get there. Like the six five usually like would stabilize you. Like mm-hmm. this time last week, the six five stabilized you. Right. Right. Now it feels like I'm playing against a bunch of like just little swarmy decks. Mm-hmm. That the six five saves you like three damage, but you still take five. Right. You still die. Yeah, and it's like oh, like, this this isn't as good now. It's not just, like, shoring up the ground. Yeah. Um, so, 
I don't know how long that can last, but like, I feel like draft recently has gone through a phase where like the mid rangey slower stuff is good. Mm-hmm. And then there reaches a point where everyone just decides that they're going to go like, I'm just going to draft garbage one and two drop creatures and because, just go under and just go under everything. Yeah. Cause like, I feel like the, like there's been a few formats that that has happened in, mm-hmm. that it just got super like Ikoria. You couldn't, but like Ixalan was like that. Right. And Silver blade, your boy, my boy was, was that for a while. Or like, there's just this, like, I'm going to like take all these bad cards. One sec. He's a rogue, you know, he is a rogue. He is a rogue. Uh, the one one unblockable uh, Merfolk mm-hmm. from Ixalan. He's mm-hmm. a warrior. You know what that means Ooh. you can do? It means you can use that resolute strike to stick a Colossus Hammer on him. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, I retweeted that deck. I tried to play it blue-white, and uh, it wasn't good. Maybe it's better yeah. as a three-color deck, but it was not good as a two-color deck. Maybe if we lear- if we've learned anything today, it's that colored mana symbols don't matter. Don't matter at all. Everything's just wingdings. Yep. So the rules I, are made up, and the points don't matter. This is correct, Mister Carey. Um, I actually have that as a as a meme on the first day of class. Yeah. Yep. Uh, from who's I'm sure none of them have seen who whose line is in any way. Yeah, making me feel old now. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But. So, like, draft has changed. I, I have a, like I said, I have a draft that's queued up, ready to go. Yeah. That, like, I I was like, fine, I'm going to play clerics, but, like, nothing's going to cost more than, like, three or four. Because, mm-hmm. like, there were times I'd play the three, like, the three black, black, three, three flyer that gets bigger whenever you gain yeah, life. Yeah. Yep. And, it, and it was just like, oh, it doesn't matter. Like, it blocks one thing and I die. Yeah. Like, oh, why? Or, like... They have like into the royal and the game ends. It's yeah, like, fine. Only two you said, drops. You said that you came across a pretty cool like red black control deck that was using a uh, relic amulet. Though, oh right? yeah. So like so relic amulet where you two mana, it gets a charge counter whenever you play an instant sorcery or wizard, and yep. and then you can pay two tap it and remove all the charge counters to deal damage to a creature. Mm-hmm. I uh, had like. I think it was, I was playing like a red black, like control deck had some like eh, creatures that could like get me some value and trade. And mm-hmm. then was like seven removal spells two blood beckoning. Like it was a solid deck. Yeah. And I think I got like eight for one to buy that relic amulet. Yeah. Like, cause they were just like play random wizard and like take off a counter, kill my thing. And then mm-hmm. like play a removal spell then pay to kill my other thing. Right. And it just went on turn after turn. Like I had drawn more cards than my opponent. I was deeper in my deck, but I just lost every card to the relic amulet. So it was an interesting like way to use that card. Cause, yeah. Cause that card seems like it should be like a blue red card, yeah. but they were basically just triggering it off of, instants and sorceries and like the like the random wizards that are in red and i think right. there's like one or two in black what black and, wizards are there i don't know maybe i'm wrong maybe there isn't a black wizard um, i can't think of any off the top of my neither head can i so maybe red maybe does I, have like the electromancer and the uh the goblin that the, loots the, the fisher the fisher wizard or fisher something, wizard or yeah. fisher goblin or something yeah 
yeah. is a wizard. But I think that there's a lot of things that are one toughness. So mm-hmm. like the value of like one counter to like right. kill you to like, okay, you took a point or two off the, uh, your, your siege rhino. Right. Yeah. But then you just get to kill the siege rhino. Like you wouldn't play one in a black deal two, gain two. Right. right? Well, so when it's yeah. just that and not the two, one body attached, cause they just were like, okay, I pay two mana, kill it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's a problem when you play, you play your fissure wizard or your, whatever his name is, that goblin. Mm-hmm. And it's like, kill it. And you're just like, uh, or like, God forbid they get like two counters and they just take out your like three, two. Right. And you're just like, oh no. So yeah, it was interesting. Cause it wasn't like, I didn't feel like it was a hard wizard's deck. It was just like, I have like eight removal spells and I'm just going to make this thing like removal spells, like nine through 15. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, okay. But yeah, it was neat. Cause it was a way to use it. The vial, the, the cleric, uh, relic, yeah, is really good. Like I won a couple games just by like, all right, block, sack, draw a card, drain, like, drain, and then like get a trigger from the three drop. Yeah, and it's just like deal you two. All right, next turn, block, sack, and just do it kept, again. Yep, just kept doing that and went went through my deck. I got to mm-hmm. a, the point where I was like, okay, I'm just gonna attack with everything because I think you're dead, and I'm gonna deck myself. <laughs> the game's gonna end one way or another so we're so gonna we, end it on my we just terms. gotta like do this quick yeah math is for blockers math is for blockers and people that have more cards in the library than me no if there's any so i have had two decks now mm-hmm. that haven't had flip lands yeah my first one without flip lands was draft 29 Ooh. and i was like this is awful why have I done this to myself? Or was it 28? Something like that. It was pretty deep in there. But, yeah. like, I just felt like I was flooded all... Uh, no, sorry. The first one was 26. It was a red-white equipment deck. It uh, it had the rare. It had... I think it had the double-strike guy. Mm-hmm. The core blade master. But no yep. flip lands. And I just felt like I was flooded at all points. Yeah. Like, it was super pronounced that I was lacking them. Hmm. I was just like, oh man, this is this is awful. Yeah, I don't think I've had a single draft yet that's had less than two of them. And like, I prioritize them, but like, I just didn't see like, like when I saw, I think there might have been one or two of my colors, but I was like, I can take this really good removal spell, right? Or you know, this card that's, eh. But I was like, you know what? I'll take the good removal spell. Yeah. And then like, it just never came back. I mean, usually I try to get, like I said before, like between three and five. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if there's an upper limit to the number I would play, but like without flip lands, like it feels like regular limited. Right. So did you listen to LR last week? I did. So what do you think about uh, what Luis said about like the triple or quadruple off color splash where you just draft like four of the green ones and put them in your white blue deck um i had done it before that episode oh had you uh i had a naya landfall deck one of them i think it was this one uh, and uh i think it went seven one and i i had like it was like green white but it had like the fling the mm-hmm. uh deal one and like two other flip lands and like yeah a 
like one mountain to like mm-hmm. get to like search my deck for. And it yeah. was it was fine. It was like, okay, this is just a land. Like the fact that like they had mentioned, like they just never get stuck in your hand. Right. Is is a huge benefit. You're just like, oh, I can't cast this. It's my land drop for the turn. Yep. Or like if it's in your opening hand, like usually if you have your splash card in your opening hand, it's a sweat. Right. And you're just like, okay, my first land drop is colorless, effectively, until I draw one of my four other cards that was good enough for me to splash. Yep. Yeah, so I agree. I've done it once mm-hmm. or twice, mm-hmm. uh, but um, not not consistently. Like, I've not prioritized yeah. trying to do that. But, like, I feel like there's only... I feel like the cards that you're willing to do that for are really just in red and green, right? Like, I feel like Balagad Recovery in the fight spell you're willing yeah. to like splash for like right. and then in red like the the warrior the like the yeah. six drop yeah and then like the you know the the spike field hazard mm-hmm. and maybe the fling or like yeah, the, the, are the the fling for splashing i think yeah but those are the only but like i don't think you're gonna like splash like give protection or like a one three on two no, but like you might splash the discard spell and the rogue. Fair in black too. Yeah, um, and like you could splash the sensor. That's I think that's like asking a lot. Uh, I mean, it depends what your deck looks like, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know because like that card's like since it's not good as good. Late, oh, that that's true. Right yeah. by the time you like get your mana online to be able to cast yeah. that, like it's probably not great. Yeah. Like and then the like saloon divisions like if that yeah. if you have a bunch of instants and sorceries, a plus good times. But I have had that deck like in a in a deck with like eight instants and sorceries. I've had it miss. Yeah, and it feels real. End of turn, pay three mana, discard a card. Is <laughs> is is like oh, oh sweet. I guess I guess we're done here. Yeah, that's not what I wanted to. That's do. That's not what I wanted to do at all. I just even like replace stuff. I didn't even get to cycle it. I just had to throw it in the trash can. Yeah. Like, all right. But yeah, like I still try to prioritize the flip lands pretty high and like the good uncommon ones. Yeah. Like I consider the green fight card and Balagid recovery like premium and the. Oh yeah, no, they're very good. And like the mana dork. Uh, not that that's mm. one you would splash. Yeah, I don't love the mana dork as much, but I do like the other two. Like, I consider those, like, if I get one early on, like, that's really pushing me to, like, I want to use this and be green. Yeah. I've been, like, partway through a draft and, like, been like, well, if I take this card, I have to ditch this color. But I mm-hmm. already have two or three flip lands in this color. Yeah. Like, the I'm not going to replace those. If right. I go, like, you know, if I take this good red uncommon, I've got to ditch white, but I have three flip lands in white. And I'm not going to dump blue. So mm-hmm. I guess I should just stay blue white and take this like less good white card. Right. But it lets me keep my two Sajiri shelter and like the, the like plus two plus one. Yeah. So I should just do that, which is weird to be like this. This one three is really pulling me into the color white. <laughs> well, been- the fact that it, can be a land if you want it to. That, yeah, that's that's what, that's what changes it. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I think that it's definitely doable to say like, hey, I have like four really good, usually red or green flip cards. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to just keep 
I'm going to like splash these mm-hmm. cards. Like I'll play like one searchable source if I have a way to search and then I'll just keep these yeah. and just play them because they're never dead. Yeah. I, I just thought it was really, like I said, I hadn't thought of that on my own. And when it's kind of a no brainer because the first one's always just your mana source. And then after that you cast all of them. Yeah. Any ones that you draw. Cause I guess the only like Hagra mauling and Kazandu mammoth yeah. Are the only two that are double colored, mm-hmm. right? And then everything else is just a single color, right? So aside like, from the mythics, aside from the mythics, yeah. But yeah, they're like lands, early game spells, late game usually. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I think it's it's good, but I think you only do it for like specific cards. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So, uh, before the show, we were. Uh, Talking, I got a stack of cards from TCG Player. Thank you, TCG mm-hmm. Player. And um, <laughs> it was... And there are more stacks coming, unfortunately. This has been <laughs> one of the most expensive standard sets to like just get cards for in a long time. Yeah. Because, you know, the there's, I don't know, minimum five eternal playable mythics. Well, there's also like a shortage of product. Yes, but there are five eternal playable mythics. Yeah. Um, but I did want to say that if you are a fan of the unusual, <laughs> um, there are a ton of, it used to just be a legacy deck and it was called Oops All Spells. It was also kind of a meme deck. It won a GP. Well. Right, but it can still be a meme deck. Yes, it won. It it won a GP the first, uh, like the first time it was taken out for a spin. Like the guy who like invented the deck won a GP with it. Like just yeah. took it out and no one knew what was happening and they were just getting clowned. But so the point was is that you would play Undercity Informer or Balustrade Spy, and basically you get to four mana and you get these creatures onto the battlefield and you target yourself and you mill all your cards until you hit a land. And you just played right. no lands, and you flip your deck over. And it used to be that you would, uh, there were like you had to have like three cards in your deck. Uh, you would dread return to bring back Angel of Glory's Wise, which would bring back a zombie uh, and Laboratory Maniac, and then you tap a zombie and draw a card, yeah. and then you'd win the game because the Lab Maniac. Right. Well, that package has been uh, tightened up to checking thoughts oracle um <laughs> so you just just you thoughts oracle right so that was a legacy deck but now with all these double uh double uh modal double face cards this week saffron olive has a video on oops all spells and pioneer i don't like this version i'm working on mine but we'll unveil it to the world um okay one day once i once i get it together uh and like make sure it functions um uh, where you mill yourself out and you put like two, you put a bunch of prized amalgams onto the battlefield and you like flip over a bunch of creeping chills mm-hmm. and you win the game that way by like you get like two attack steps because you put uh, world spine worms back in your deck. You just mill yourself oh, out okay. and, you're, and you get two world spine worms, which gives you two attack steps. If you draw a world spine worm, you get one attack step. Doesn't the uh, world spine worm shuffle your prized amalgams back in? It only shuffles itself. It doesn't have the Emerald oh, okay. text. It has gotcha. uh, the Blightsteel text. Gotcha. So what are you using to trigger the price amalgams? 
Uh, you play two uh, Silver Smoke Ghouls, and then the Creeping oh, and Chills. The creeping chills. Okay. And you have one Haunted Dead. Which, just in case. Just in case, and I don't think Seth better know Seth or all thought of this. It gives you more turns. Because yeah. when you draw your World Spine Worms, you can sack them. You can discard them to Haunted Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cute. To then put them back in your deck. So you get, like, you get you can get up to four turns. And, like, early in the game, if you've drawn one, you can, mm-hmm. like, draw and then discard it. Um, but, um, so there's that deck that... So you're not looking to win with us as Oracle, then? Not in that deck. Well, they right. have one Thassa's Oracle... Plus one claim to fame. So if you somehow oh. manage to draw your claim to fame, yeah. you can flip it over. You can flip over your deck, and then you have one Thassa's Oracle to reanimate. Yeah. This seems less than ideal. Yeah. Um, But they did win a game like that, and they only have three blue sources. So if you draw the Thassa's Oracle, you just can't cast it, basically. Yeah. They have three blue sources. <laughs> right. This deck is also something very similar to it. It's getting played in Modern. Uh, there's Modern Charbelcher, mm-hmm. which now gets to play like eight lands as opposed to um, one one land or zero lands. It actually gets to play like repeatable mana sources. Yeah. Um, so like these lands are just, providing access to like a whole new category of deck that we've not ever had access to before. Crazy. So if you're like looking for something unusual to do in, you know, older formats that for a lot of these decks, probably the most expensive card is, um, uh, the modal double face cards. Yeah, I think so. So like, if you are kind of a degenerate combo player, hi, um, <laughs> I see you. You can these. This is a way to like get into those formats and have like a unique plan of attack. Mm-hmm. And so you can like Charbelcher folds to like one force of negation, but this yeah. is the life that Charbelcher players have chosen. Um, depending on how you build the like uh, oops all spells deck. It can fold to graveyard hate super hard. Yeah. But this is the life you have chosen. Like, you just have to, like, realize that going in. Say with the Pioneer version, it, yeah. like, folds to a Grafdigger's Cage or a Rest in Peace all the way. Like, So how far away from a historic version are we? Uh, Balustrade Spy and Undercity Informer. Just a way to mill? Just the way to mill. Those are the two cards that get played that do that have the like it's a it's an rtr gate crash effect yeah, yeah. Uh, uh so those are the two cards that are missing to do it in pioneer oh, it's historic, historic. Yeah. but everything else everything else is there and mm-hmm. i'm sure there are like there's nothing that's just quite that degenerate in historic right now yeah but there is probably Something lurking that is just weird with the fact that you're playing a deck with no lands in it. Mm-hmm. So as I said, I'm working on a pioneer version that uh, takes the old blue, black inverter shell that I have foiled out <laughs> and turning it <laughs> into, 
turning it into balustrade spies and understanding informers. Because why not? Why not? Uh, also, if you want to buy an understanding informer, they're sold out everywhere. Are they really? Yeah. They all went away. Huh. I wonder if I have any. I have a playset. Like, the price hasn't really gone up. Like, the foils are still, like, 50 cents or a dollar if you can find them. Yeah. But they all went away. It's like, oh, awesome. Oh, yeah, I have none. Yeah. So, it is it is a unique thing to think about, and these probably open up space other ways as well. Right? Where yeah. you where there might be decks that we're not thinking of that like just work because you don't play any lands. Yeah. Right. Like there's probably is, is hermit druid legal in like commander. Uh, yeah, it's legal in commander. Right. Like you can play no lands and hermit druid people. Not her- mm-hmm. yeah, hermit druid. Um, hermit druid. Yeah. And just like mill yourself out. Cause there's enough modal double face cards that you, don't have to play lands if you like have the right like commander. If you have some Sultai commander, you can probably get enough lands that you don't. Eh, maybe not because you can't play more than one crap. So maybe not, but maybe. But there. No, could... I, I mean that it, it's a. It certainly is a win condition in commander. Yeah. So you can definitely come up with weird ways to do things. Yep. I did see. Uh, I forget how he did it. And they were playing reanimator or something. Uh, and someone reanimated their oops opponent's balustrade spy. Yeah. Milled them out. <laughs> and then passed and they drew and killed them. They drew from a zero, no cards in the library and killed themselves. Nice. It's like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. So cute. just to leave you with a thought of the neat things that double face cards are enabling right and it sounds like we're getting more in kaldheim yeah we're we're definitely getting the other four um, lands and i'm pretty sure that they said in the next two sets so kaldheim and strixhaven will also contain modal double face cards and i was thinking about that too i don't know that modal double face cards work without a land on the backside because otherwise they'd just be a split card. This is very true. They are, but like they, they could just be split cards, right? Right. You could just have this be a different way of being a split card. It seems like a lot of work. Yeah. It seems extra complicated for what you're getting out of it. Yeah. Like you're not getting like we have a split card template. Right. So why would you go to the trouble of not putting the magic back on the card? Yeah. To have a split card. Right. But yeah, I mean if they're all lands, like this this changes everything. <laughs> the game is not the same game we played 3 years ago. No. No, like if they had if they have another, let's say they have another set of like you know, mythic style double faced land cards yeah i don't know instead of being spells they're just garbage vikings yeah like you know red beard or whatever like (laughs) i I don't know i don't know right like eight mana seven seven trample haste yeah 
and yeah. on the back is like untapped red source. Mm-hmm. Whew. <laughs> we we are doing it. Like all untapped of those source it is. Yeah, like all of those like garbage combo decks that are like, oh, I can't win because I don't have lands. Uh, yeah. I've got to like eight for one myself to like win. Are now just like land go, and it's like yeah. oh no, they get to play well, like a reasonable game of Magic now. I mean, they could do it the other way though. They could make them lands on the front and spells on the back. Yeah, someone at like someone asked, and I don't know what the difference is, right? Like, do these work if they're lands on the front and spells on the back? They don't work the way you want them to because they're lands. True. No, that's what I... But, like, I guess it doesn't matter because we've sent Uro to the Shadow Realm. Right. But then Uro could put them into play because Uro can't put these into play. Oh, yeah, 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 that's right. Because they're not lands on the front side. Right. You also can't play them out of the graveyard, right? No, you can. Oh, you can? You can. That was something that, like, Brian Gottlieb brought up. Was like hmm. you can when you choose to play them, you can play them as lands out of the graveyard. Hmm. And like I haven't tried to do it, I just took him yeah. at his word. But I was just like, "What?" Hmm. So yeah, um, Magic is a different game. Yeah, it's crazy. First companions now. This. Hey, Mark, please let Reed attack and block again. <laughs> Captain America needs to be able to attack and block. Captain America. Yes. You see yep. him with the shield? Like standing mm-hmm. between like us and communism, just read Duke, you'd be like, We're fine. Reed's got yep. this. No problem. This. Yep. Alright. So fifteen minutes ago I was like, we should wrap it up. Uh so So now we should actually wrap we it should up. Probably have, we should probably wrap it up. So if you want to get at us on Twitter, you can find us there at Casual Tripod. Yep, you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can also drop us an email, show at casualtryhardmtg.com. If you're looking to pick up any sweet Zendikar Rising singles, especially the uh, lands we were just talking about, or if you wanted to look for some pieces for that oops deck that we were just speaking of, uh, be sure to use our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Should be a link in the description, also a link on Twitter, a link on Facebook. Uh, we would really appreciate it. Um, anything that you purchase after following that link will get a small percentage of to help keep the show rolling. If you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. You get some sweet perks that I told you about in the beginning of the episode, and I'm not going to tell you about now. So take that. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you, you get early access to our show notes. We do like a quick pre-show before the show where we just kind of catch up with each other because we don't get to see each other anymore. Um, also talk about the show a little bit and just kind of whatever else is going on while we're doing our sound check. We record that for you guys. Uh, Patreons also get access to our patron-only Discord channel. Do some finance stuff there. Haven't done too much finance stuff lately. We should uh, come up with something for our patrons in Discord. And we have our Discord. There's a invite link on Twitter. There's an invite link in Facebook. If you can't find it, let us know. We will send you a personal Discord link to get you into our Discord server. Yes. I think that's it. I think that's it. And with that, that's the show. We'll catch you on the internet. Catch you on the internet. <laughs>